Hello, Belinda. Hi, Omar. What's this week's theme? Mm, this week's theme is card number 10, Allium Triquitrium, self-care. What can you do today and every day to nurture love for yourself? Well, today's been a full day. <laughs> what, uh, what is inspiring to you right now with this prompt? Well, as I look at this plant and how it's extending out with its long stem and its star-shaped flowers, little flowers, it um, it's a reminder of how sometimes we need to extend that love and that care to ourselves, and and that can be painful when it's in relationship with other people. This morning we had uh, our first big disagreement and it felt really emotional and I'm, I'm still feeling it in my body. And for me, I'm noticing how, um, you know, there were some things that I expressed that felt like it was a form of self-care for myself. You know, I've spent many years um, trying to unlearn what I've witnessed in my family, uh, my mother doing things that everyone wanted her to do and being very quiet about her own needs and her own wants. And a lot of that is, you know, a family conditioning. And, and when I sometimes watched her, I felt so uncomfortable because I was like, I don't want to feel like my needs have to be silenced and, and I'm still learning, you know, how do I express my needs in a way that it doesn't cause harm for other people? And so it's just such an interesting experience we just had of me delivering my, (laughs) my, my thoughts, my feelings from this place of, you know, ooh, there's something that's not quite right. And how do I say it? And of course, there's never a good way to say it. And and yet I still said it because that was a promise I made to myself and my family, my my maternal line that I would try to break this pattern of us, you know, not speaking. And and I really appreciate you, Omar, for um just being there to, to be with me in this process and for me to learn from you and to really feel the discomfort of this and the challenge of this. Well, I have to say my reaction wasn't the most beautiful uh, one, definitely not elegant, but it was certainly my truth as well. And, you know, I think that's in many ways what I took away from this morning is just what does self-care look like in the face of conflict, right? When you know that that self-care is going to be messy, yet it's probably the most beautiful thing you can do for yourself. And so what do you think that need to speak up? You know, you talked about your mother and that silencing. What is that silencing that you feel like you're having to overcome? I think it's um, not necessarily knowing if it's safe to share sometimes because I never felt like in, in at home it was. And 
fear of being judged and not being seen. And, and I also know that, you know, we just recorded growth (laughs) and we just released it. And, you know, you and I talked about our truths and, and how that's so critical to growth in partnership in this way. And, um, I really took that to heart and it's scary to say something that you don't quite know how to say, you know, I think it's also not having the practice, you know, especially in a place in a relationship where it still feels a little bit new and you're just feeling each other out a little and, but you care so deeply and you know that the other person cares too. And so you just go for it and it's messy. Yeah. I, I, I just struck by how self-care rarely happens in isolation, right? That it is Mm. this relational activity. And I think, you know, one of the words you just said right now resonated deeply, which is I didn't feel safe. As I went off in our little bit of a break to practice self-care and my self-care looked like going to REI and buying some uh, cool sandals that I had my eye on and then going to go get this Italian Subway sandwich um, that I haven't had in 15 years. You know, in many ways, we're always actually practicing self-care. The question is whether that practice is healthy or unhealthy. And I, and I think that that was sort of my realization is that we are constantly actually practicing self-care. And it's just whether we're doing it in a way that provides healing and, or is it providing, you know, in some ways some harm and whether that harm is to ourselves or to, to, to others. You know, I, um, I'm married and I have an incredible wife. And she's probably not going to like that I'm talking about her on this podcast, but she's got a frozen shoulder right now. And it's probably a lot of stress and it's beautiful because she's actually going to physical therapy. She's going to acupuncture and I'm really proud of her. Part of it, I was, I feel like a little bit is my fault, maybe. Like I know how much of a burden she takes on uh, as a parent, as a partner in the family. And so what does self-care look like to help other people, you know? And then, so whether that's like just a little waking up a little extra early and helping with the kids just a little bit more, um, what are those things, you know, in collaborating with you, like being a little bit more intentional about what are your needs and how do we create space to name those and identify those? And I think that's part of, you know, the healthy part of self-care is what is that spaciousness that we're giving ourselves? What is that pause that we're giving ourselves? You know, we've done a lot of work this year with healthcare workers and the irony of healthcare workers is that they're so busy taking care of everyone else. No one is actually really pausing to help take care of them in many ways. And they're so accustomed to sacrificing for others that is really uncomfortable for them to actually receive attention and help. And we've, we've seen this in, in many of the, the circles that we've held. The people will drop off halfway through and just be like, oh, I feel like I, I got to get back to work. And 
you know, it, it feels selfish somehow to take care of themselves, um, to give them that space. But it's probably from a productivity point of view, the best thing they could do is actually pause to take care of themselves. What I'm really appreciating from what you're saying, Omar, is how much self-care is about receiving. And recently I've been hearing so much about how, about radical self-care. And it almost feels like we have to put that word in front of it to give ourselves permission to receive, to fully receive and not feel guilt. Guilt's that thing that disrupts safety. You know, and whether that, and it's a weird, it's like, is it shame? Like, what, what, what is tied into it? I know for me personally, I didn't even really understand the word self-care uh, until I read this book by Kristen Neff called Around Self-Compassion. And it was as a, as a parent, I was at my sort of like end of my rope and just not knowing what to do and how to like just be present to work, to my wife, to these new kids in our lives. And she said, self-compassion is just being a friend to yourself. And how it was like such a foreign concept. I mean, you're like, what? Be a friend of myself? What what does that (laughs) even mean or look? I had never even heard of that idea. And so in many ways, I actually appreciate that there's a term called radical self-care now or radical self-love. You know, because maybe it is radical. It isn't been part of our vernacular. It wasn't part of the conversation you know, we have not probably done a very good job of expressing love and appreciation. I know throughout time in my own family and history, it just, love was literally not in the vocabulary. And it was fortunate that my mom found it and like was able to share it with me. And so, you know, now it's just sort of, we think about going forward you know, we've had this whole conversation around uh, together, not apart, right? Like hmm. being together is not easy either, right? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so like, what is that like mm, collective self-compassion? What does collective self-compassion look like? And whether that collective is just the two of us, uh, our partners, you know, the spaces that we hold. What is that? So curious what came up for Arlene, the artist who illustrated these cards and this one in particular, what came up for her around self-care. Today, I'll tell the story of our self-care card featuring the three-cornered leek, also known as Allium triquetrum. This is another plant that grows wildly and almost invasively in our backyard. It grows in bunches, and each plant has green stalks with bright white flowers. The way it grows in our yard, it really feels like a fresh meadow of blooming green and white colors that peaks early to mid-spring. And this is one plant that if you smell, you will understand it's part of the Allium family. It has a similar pungent smell as onions and garlic. This is one drawing where I remember very clearly how the word got paired with the plant. A special thing about drawing something is that you really have to look at your subject. It's an intense kind of looking 
one that we don't often do. In order to capture the lines and the shapes and the spaces created by this plant, I had to carefully observe every part of it. So when I was drawing the plant, I noticed how all the flowers, except one, looked like they were wilting. I could feel this drooping sensation of being tired, run down, like you can't take another step, you just can't keep going. But there was that one flower in the group that was able to keep its head up high, like it was able to keep going, keep its head above water, above the fray. So I wondered, how can I be like that flower to keep going even when I'm not sure I'm able to? How was I going to get through the 100-day project, through all the things that were going on in my life at that time? This plant seemed to whisper its sweet little secret to me that day, and the answer somehow led to the word self-care. I love the idea that self-care is something we digest, that we take in, because that's this, uh, I, I found online this website called Edible Weeds. And they talked about cooking with the three-cornered leek. And apparently it's like a prized edible in uh, the UK because it has like a flavor like a leek or a spring onion. And, you know, and you can actually cook with it. And, and so I just, I'm appreciating self-care as an ingredient that we need to mix into our pot. Mm. and like digest and take <laughs> I'm really feeling the tiredness that she expressed uh, through this plant and just like oh some days you're just like I don't have any more left and how this is the thing that we need to this is the gift we need to give to ourselves to continue to regenerate and you know, we just had our team retreat, the four of us, Brian, Melissa, and you and me coming together in Mount Shasta, meeting each other in person all together for the first time for for our group. And, you know, I was really, you know, you and I had planned, you know, what do we want to do as a team? How do we want to co-create together? What's our priorities, you know, going forward for Gratitude Blooming? And what really struck me was how much it was about self-care for each of us and how how our need for that, that ingredient in our lives was a little bit different for each person. What came what was up it for, for you? you? <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Hmm. Well, I think one, I, I really appreciate walking barefoot the whole weekend. And, you know, in part the shoes that I just bought were these like quote unquote barefoot sandals. So they like give you like the minimum amount of cover. Cause I've been walking around my neighborhood more and I, I did do it barefoot, but it was just like, ah, I live in a city. I, I can't do this too many more times. <laughs> so like, <laughs> let me figure out a happy medium, but there was something just about being so deeply just in tune. And I remember one evening walking back, to our yurt and I was really quiet because my feet were bare and it was dark and I wasn't using a light. And so I was just like very sensitive, sensitively like stepping forward. 
And then I heard this like deer jump because I think I surprised the deer because he, <laughs> he, he probably could normally hear, you know, humans, you know, thromping around. And because I was just being a little bit more quiet than normal, I got a little bit closer to nature. And I think that to me was my self-care. It was interesting um, for me in that time, it was like joyful connection. I f- sometimes it feels like a lot of pressure to work with other people and especially people who are really good and have a standard of excellence. And, and that can be like a, feel like a big responsibility. And I was a little nervous going into the retreat, like, oh my gosh, if people don't get what they need, like it's going to be my fault. And it's not true. Of course it's not true. And, you know, as someone that's hosting, you always have that extra like edge. And, and I just felt so light that whole weekend because it was so joyful and, and it felt also very deep the way that we were connecting that it really nourished my, my heart. You know, this, I work better with other people. I don't work well by myself. I, I can get very stagnant and droopy like the, the plant that Arlene described. And I just felt so fed by each person's energy. And that was really unexpected because sometimes I host people and I'm exhausted by the end of it. And it wasn't like that at all for me. Well, we definitely got fed on so many levels and huge shout out to your husband and partner and chef extraordinaire, Peter. I'm hoping we can get a clip of him reading the prayer that he uh, shared at the beginning of each meal, because it was really, as you said, nourishing. And of all the plants that we should acknowledge for nourishment. It sounds like this is the right plant to, you know, share that prayer from Peter. Here is your food, my heartfelt offering for your well-being. May your heart be at peace and may you grow in wisdom and compassion. From Edward S. Bay Brown. You know, as I was uh, doing my walking this week, I was on a phone call and this week has been like a series of very difficult conversations and I'm on a board of an organization that's going through some succession challenges. So I was talking to another board member and I was just walking along barefoot when this praying mantis started, I I noticed as it was like crossing the sidewalk and it took me a second. I was like, what, what is that? Because it was moving so slowly. I mean, it was moving so slowly that this little inchworm (laughs) was passing it by. It was like watching like the turtle in the hair. It was like, how is this big praying mantis moving so slow compared to this little inchworm? And I just sat down and just paused and to like really appreciate. And then I saw like this little ant that was even smaller than the inchworm. And it was like this like whole little world that was happening right then and there that I could have easily missed. And so I ended up looking up, what does like a praying mantis, does it symbolize something? And apparently in most cultures, it's a symbol of stillness. And I found this one site that said, the praying mantis is an ambassador from the animal kingdom, giving testimony to the benefits of meditation and calming our minds. 
An appearance from the mantis is a message to be still. Go within, meditate, get quiet, and reach a place Mm. of calm. So much of why gratitude has been transformative for me because it was really the first time that I took that invitation to pause. And pausing to just notice Mm. something good, anything good, no matter how small, a praying mantis, an inchworm, an ant, just creates a little room for not just self-care, but nourishment and love. Before we go into our journal entries today and and reflections from the gratitude circle, I'd love to hear from the rest of the team. Brian, putting you on the spot here, what does self-care mean to you after the weekend that you we had together? The fact that I've never done it. I don't think I've ever taken care of myself. I thought that for a long time, just kind of spending a couple minutes and praying or just trying to breathe for a second was self-care, but I didn't realize how much I needed to care for myself in how many different places. And I think for me, what came to me over the weekend was just how much I'm capable of to do for myself. Like, you know, there's times I've depended on other services to take care of me, like massages or going to the gym or, you know, people going places. But I realize I could just do it for myself, with myself, right in the present moment. And I never learned how to do that. It also started with eating as well. I've, I've really taken a lot of my, uh, my sorrow and my hurt and my grief and my trauma, and I take it out on food. I eat, I'll overeat. And there are times I just find comfort in food. And I think I found my mom was the same. So I kind of like mirrored off her a little bit. And um, this weekend, I just I just had a completely different approach to it. I, I almost, it, it commanded a different approach um, with the food that we were served and how Peter served it and how he blessed the food and prayed over it. And just the energy in general, I couldn't treat that food the same way that I had treated food all my life, which was just shoveling it in. And, you know, just trying to find some kind of, I don't know, some kind of numbing through it. And in this case, I just savored every bite and every bite tasted different. And I realized I got full faster, which never happens to me. And it's just like I I treated my body differently with the way that I ate, the way that I breathed, the way that I looked at things. It was all like I was being selfish for the first time in my life where I just took care of myself. I have never done that before. And it was an incredible rebirth. It literally felt like I had just shed off all of this, this weight of, of all of the anxieties and all of the, the worries and all of the traumas that I've been holding on to. I just realized I, I, I could let it go. And I was the only person really holding them in. And so this weekend I let it go. And it's the most incredibly freeing 
feeling I've ever had. I'm free. Finally, I'm able to just see differently, taste differently, smell differently. And it's really just because I took care of myself. There was really no magic potion, no magic drink, no, no special thing that I had to take. It was just tuning into my body, tuning into my mind, listening to my heart, and just understanding that I need to take care of myself and I'll be all right. And I did. Thank you. Mm, thank you so much, Brian. I'm just going to say your testimony is such a courageous one. And I appreciate you being open to, to sharing your story. Thank you. So we're going to now listen to some stories from our gratitude circles around self-care. My self-care journey over the years has been a deepening into gentleness, patience, and self-compassion. It's being supportive and understanding with myself during both the best of times and the challenging ones. Loving myself most when my spirits are low or I feel I'm taking steps in the wrong direction or when I'm not taking good care of my body. I've had to hold myself with love, especially when I've leapt into the unknown, doing so because I knew it was right for my growth and becoming more myself. My self-care is far from perfect and I do have perfectionist tendencies. So a big part of the practice is being understanding and gentle with myself about that fact. I've had to accept the pace of my self-care journey and that it will look different from anyone else's because we're all unique in what we need to feel our best. And the more we can own that, the better I feel. How can we receive our growth and our journey around personal growth as part of our self-care? And just feeling the gentleness and the love that's required. And to me today as well, I feel that tenderness in my heart and and how self-care looks different for each person. And yet there is this part of our humanity, the shared need for to feel love, to love ourselves, to feel loved by others. And, and that's a process. Love is definitely radical. And that's why self-care is radical now too, <laughs> because it's an act of love. So I have never spoken on a Zoom meeting before. So this is a, a big step for me. And this came up perfectly for me today. And uh, wow, this is a big one. Uh, I'm actually going to a ceremony tomorrow to go on a journey to try to heal myself from a lot of past trauma. So this is um, very powerful for me. And I want to thank you all for uh, doing this. 
And so I am today sitting in myself and uh, and uh, getting my attention. And uh, so that is my self-love and my self-care that I will be starting a whole new world, I hope, tomorrow. And so I just wanted to share that. And thank you all. I love that the voice of courage has so many different sounds that it can come from so many different places and you never know what is going to be that moment where you take a stand against all that trauma all the social pressure to self-censor to practice your truth in the face of what is likely to be often conflict. Because frankly, if it were easy, everybody would do it. But there's something that's not easy about it. And it does take a little bit of vulnerability, if not a lot of it, to just acknowledge the need to take care of you. How radical is it to create that space for yourself? Because if we can't do it for ourselves, how can we expect others to do it for us? And I'm struck by how this person created that space to receive that healing and that self-care. You know, just last night, um, as I sat on the couch, kind of at the end of the day, taking a deep breath, doing a little meditation and trying to calm from all of the crazy of the day, um, I thought about self-care and just the, um, that it doesn't, you know, it's not, I'm going to get a pedicure or a manicure or it can be that, but it doesn't have to be that. It can be just those quiet moments by myself, um, petting my dog or my pig and just kind of, um, being where I am to really, uh, bring that energy back to myself. I have to admit, I'm slightly distracted by the idea of petting a pig and, I just, but I love that it is just this act of pausing and connecting, right? Like just the, the, the act of petting is probably both soothing for the dog or the pig as it is for you. And I think in, in some ways, self-care when done in community is actually turning something that might be seen as selfish into selfless. I remember this circle that Omar, you and I did with this person and they were among the healthcare leaders and it was just so healing to just be in that space together and I felt such tenderness from them all just having that permission in that moment to just say what they needed and how they're able to receive self-care and and then this connection back to the care for the team. And it's just such an important reminder how we're not just doing this for ourselves. By being selfish, quote unquote, we actually are able to then be more available for other people. Makes me laugh a little because not only for myself, but for my team at work, I think as healthcare providers, we easily put others ahead of us. And in the pandemic, we rose to that heroic effort 
And then as it went on, we really, I think, found ourselves a bit in the valley of despair because that adrenaline and that heroic effort was gone. And really what we need is the self-care, right? We needed to turn the energy back to ourselves. And um, I've been reading a lot about how self-care is one thing, but it's really team care. It's sharing the self-care and supporting each other um, in the self-care. And so here we are in this gratitude circle, right? And what an opportunity to make space for people to give themselves permission for self-care. When we were invited to start working with healthcare workers, what we were hearing was beyond PPE, beyond kind of supplies, what the healthcare workers were facing was a joy deficit. And when she said, you know, after the courage and after the heroism has worn off, what are you then left with? And this is why for me, I believe so deeply in this work of gratitude is because it's inherently relational. You can meditate, yay you. You could be mindful, yay you. It is really hard to be grateful and not change someone else's life. Because it is inherently about how we connect to each other and and by connecting to each other and acknowledging each other, we move from our own personal pain and trauma to, I think, a more powerful healing, which is social and connective and relational. And then all of a sudden, that courage, you know that you're not alone and that you can sort of stand taller and be stronger and be more vulnerable because you know that you belong, that you are seen, that you are heard and that you are felt and you are doing the same for others. I'm struck by how so many of the things you named just now, Omar, are things that, yeah, some things we can give to ourselves, the nourishment and the other things we really do need from other people. And it's all interconnected. And it takes me back to the times when we've reflected on healing, you know, the theme of healing and last week's theme around growth. It's like, When we can do the self-care, the care and love for ourselves every day, as much as possible, then the deep healing can happen and it changes the whole context around how we then show up for other people. I'm just really, I'm really feeling that from our team and I'm really feeling that from this team of healthcare leaders and yeah, it's, it's it's powerful. I think part of the healing we need is healing from individualism. <laughs> I love that. You know, like that's the, we're just, individualism is part of the trauma. Mm. And I don't know what the alternative is yet. And I think that's in some ways what we're trying to create the space for. It is, I don't know if it yet exists, but I think there is something beyond sort of our individual needs that acknowledges ourself, but knowledge acknowledges ourselves uh, in each other. Mm. I have so many things depending on what the day is, but let's see, what, I, what can I do today 
is um, I think I can care for my mom. I feel like when I care for others, it's kind of a form of caring for myself. I love to walk, especially very early in the morning before other critters and humans are out. And I love to sit quietly for at least 10, 15 minutes every morning as soon as I get up and just look at the garden. Isn't it just that simple? <laughs> Serving others, a little bit of walking and a little bit of sitting quietly. That seems like a pretty good uh, formula if you ever were to boil it down. Appreciating the simplicity of that. Let's <laughs> not overthink <laughs> self-care people. I'm a school social worker and I am really good about teaching others about self-care, um, but I'm not so good about doing it myself. And uh, uh, one thing that I've been doing for self-care this year is I've been getting a massage once a month and I just schedule the next one when I leave and just keep going back. It's right down the road from my house. He does it out of her home and it's so amazing. I just love it and I wait for it every month to come up because it's so relaxing to me. Um, and another thing I started doing recently is um, I got an Apple Watch because um, I got a new iPhone that had a really good deal on it. And there's this activity app on here. Close these three rings every day. Those of you that have an Apple Watch, you know what I'm talking about. But I joined a group with uh, three other ladies and we're holding each other accountable to meet certain goals every day through this. And I really have been doing so well at it. And um, that, that to me is kind of self-care as well, getting myself moving, making sure I'm standing up throughout the day. And then the other one is um, like activity, movement, and um, standing. Those are the three rings. So. That story is for you, mom. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not, that's actually not my mom in that story, but it very much could be. She's got her Apple Watch and she is religious about closing those circles every day. And, and I love that she takes it so seriously because that is her self-care. That is her time for herself and that exercise. And I know that uh, during the pandemic, it, one of the most difficult things is that she hasn't been able to go to the gym and she had her regular yoga and, you know, and not having that has really taken a toll. And so she's even more... Um, uh, she's a year of an ox, and so she she does approach it in that way. And I, I've walked in the neighborhood recently, and her neighbors are like, "Oh, your mom's the walker," <laughs> and so she's got the she's got the neighborhood reputation, which I'm I'm very proud of. What's coming up for me is the intention and the accountability around self care, and how it's really lovely to have these reminders to do that and. And how can I remember to do that for myself in the way, in my own ways? How can I be intentional in my own ways? So I believe we have some journal entries as well. I'm reminded that my heart is more able to sing when I take care of myself, when I step back from work and make the time I keep talking about to exercise and sleep better, and then get less overwhelmed with cleaning my space and detangling my mind, to open up my heart and to open to more freedom in myself and with others. 
I'm also holding space for the freedom within the unknown and finding space for freedom with several upcoming jobs. Freedom. How can we feel truly free to be ourselves and to nurture ourselves in the ways that we most need? There's something about when we don't practice self-care. It's in some ways because there's a little bit of a fear that's there. And so we sort of hold on to maybe the unhealthy sides of self-care and freedom is scary because you have to let go of those fears and and embrace something that's new and different and maybe embracing some love is when you've not necessarily felt it is hard and so i just Just appreciating in this moment what love feels like. What love feels like to share it. What love feels like to receive it. Even when it's a cranky call in the morning (laughs) and and with criticism that you weren't expecting. And to just (laughs) then be present to it. You know, and we have these biological reactions of fight, flight, or freeze. And what does it mean to then transcend those and to just experience what is with generosity and abundance? Because you deserve it. What comes up for me around that, Omar, is, yeah, in many ways it's like, do I really believe that I deserve it? Am I important to me? And... That's probably the hardest thing about self-care is like that I matter to myself. I am worthy. <laughs> hmm. You're worthy, awesome, beautiful Belinda. Appreciate being in community and collaboration <laughs> with you. Thank you. I received that. Do you have a closing practice for us? I do. And, you know, it's interesting every week I feel like I'm practicing it before and trying different practices and trying to feel into, okay, what's the one for this week? And Omar, you're always teaching me about how to keep it simple because there's a part of me, the wild gardener that wants to, you know, share like five different practices. So um, for this week, I'm really feeling the energy of simplicity today as we're recording it is the perfect day of day and night, the equinox, day of balance. So let's approach our self-care from that place of balance. And every time for this week, when you take a drink of water, that which gives us life, that which we can put energy into and it will feed our bodies with that same energy. I invite you to look at that glass of water before you drink it and say to yourself, I matter to me. 
And as you put the water to your lips and you drink, just imagine that's the love that you're pouring into you and your body. That's the water that is going to feed and nourish you in all the ways. And just let that simple act of receiving that water be your self-care practice every time you receive it. Thank you, Belinda, for a beautiful and simple practice this week. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate you who are listening to our podcast. If what we're sharing resonates with you and you want to see it continue to grow and blossom, or you want to practice self-care, I recommend starting with the gratitude blooming cards and just pausing to reflect with the 39 different plants and reflections and, and prompts join a gratitude circle or share this podcast with someone who maybe you want to practice self-care together with not because you're like, Oh, that person needs some self-care. It's like, no, who, who can I practice self-care with? And this is going to be our mutual motivation uh, to really take some time uh, for each other. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers.